Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, good morning. Good morning. It is 8.32 where I am, probably 7.32 where most of you are. Scott, probably 9.32 where you are. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, happy, happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's, uh, you know, this this week, you can never really are sure what day it actually is. So, yeah, yeah you kind of have to keep it by the calendar of the football schedule. So, like, let's see. Monday Night Football must be Monday. Yeah, tonight is the what, Dolphins versus Saints and a game that does matter to the Denver Broncos. You you guys as Denver Broncos, if the Miami Dolphins win versus the Saints tonight, Ian Book led Saints, uh, then the Broncos will stay at the 11th overall pick in the draft right behind the Falcons, I think sitting there at 10. And if the Broncos end up, or if the Dolphins lose, then the Broncos will dip, dip down one spot to 12. So you now we're, we're at that time of year again, guys, it is uh, watching the draft order and figuring out what uh, the possibilities are there. Because unfortunately the Broncos six straight year, a team that is not looking at the playoff scenarios as the season comes to a close. But uh, how was your Christmas, Scott? Let's, 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 uh, let's perk things up. Like was solid. I got a uh, Broncos for breakfast. Uh, beanie, you know, ask and you shall receive. This is, I asked, uh, Chad to put them in the store. He did. So I ordered one. I, uh, I, I like wearing beanies. They make my head feel nice and cozy and warm. This one's, this one's, uh, snug. It's snug around the, 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 the brim. So it's a little tough with my glasses on because then it puts indentions mm-hmm. in my head, but it's good for, uh, good for the day. Keep my head. I'm, I'm actually in, in a short sleeve shirt and beanie. How, uh, so that's why I said I either look like an old guy or you know the, a football player from Fresno. I was gonna say you look like Gen Z, maybe a middle schooler. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, let's get in here. We got Cleese in the house, um, and it's uh, not enough. Tell me that you care when we both know words are empty. Blah blah blah. Okay, Clee, well, I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, I get it. We're frustrated. Um, Mo coming in. Good morning to you, Mo. Happy holidays. Hope you had a good uh, holiday season. It isn't easy for me to let it go because I've swallowed every single word and every whisper. Every sigh eats away of the heart of mine, and there is a hollow in me now. Okay, well, um, we're going to be okay, guys. Very deep. Hope you're doing okay. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because Tick Pick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go to for all NFL tickets. Tick Pick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order 
of Broncos tickets. So we still got two weeks left to enjoy. So we'll see what it goes like. Howdy. We got uh, Jeremy coming in saying, is it Black Monday yet? Uh, the Broncos could. Is it Black Monday? Not not too long. couple yeah. weeks. couple weeks. Not too long now. Fallen Sloth is in the house. Howdy, y'all. Good to see you, Fallen Sloth. Luke Wright's in the house. That's a name I do not recognize. Maybe it's the coffee's still not kicking in. So good morning to you, Luke. Mike Woodward, I recognize that name. <laughs> good morning, Mike. Good morning, everyone. Sean Burns. Good morning, all caps. Love that. Looking forward to some new coaching. That's going to be great. CC's in the house. That's a name I recognize, too. CC's always bringing in good comments. Good morning, Broncos country. Sunny days. Good. Uh, hopefully some sunny days in our future. Good morning, Broncos country. Uh, heartbreaking loss yesterday. You're right about that. Dave Glassman saying heartbreaking loss. And Alberto coming in saying, morning, fellas. At this point, I just want to lose the rest of the games we have left. If we win one, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like I used to kind of have some of that attitude, too, especially when the Broncos were like picking in the top 10. Um, it might be better at this point for the Broncos to lose out and get as close to a top 10 pick as possible, rather than like if they win one, they probably drop all the way to 17. Uh, similar to the draft two years ago where the Broncos, they lost, they'd have been picking 10 and they won against the Raiders and then fell to 15. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so. Yeah, guys, um, we're getting into it here. Morning, gents from the DWI guys. Ethan, good morning to you. Always supporting us. We appreciate you, Ethan. Um, so if you guys are listening to this after the fact or you have an Apple iTunes in general, make sure you head there, leave a five-star rating and a comment. And uh, Chad and Zach will get a chance to give away some free swag at the end of each month if you are leaving those comments. Also, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing this video on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're doing it. Uh, but especially on YouTube, that helps us a heck of a lot. And speaking of helping us, uh, we do have Scott's channel now, which is for some reason not on here, um, but you guys can follow Scott's channel at uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I don't see it on here, Scott. I'll drop a link in there before we get out of here. <clears throat> well, there we go. Let's keep saying hello to some people. Mike saying Mike, uh, Pat Shermer is really bad people. Yeah. Also morning to Nick and Scott Albert's in the house. Good morning, y'all. We got a Facebook user saying time for Peyton to clean house. Uh, maybe some of those guys, Peter Middleton's in the house. Hello in uh, Cambodia. Scott makes the best predictions. Scott, who are the Broncos drafting this, this class? I'm not there yet. Uh, let's see, though. I, I think I think they might take one of those tackles. Mm. Let's see if they go uh, they go right tackle coming out of Mississippi State or the kid out of NC State. If he's still there, okay. Well, here's that my might, prediction. That, right out, if that's my that's my gut reaction, and there it's usually pretty good uh, when you, until you start overthinking it. So I, I think one of the big right tackles will be will be available for you in that spot. Well, guys, Scott and I's first show last year was. Uh... He talked about Patrick Sertan being the guy that he circled for the Broncos. That was prior to the free agencies stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, we'll see. I trick question from me, Scott. There, I don't think the Broncos had their first round pick. I think you're going to ship it off for a quarter. There back. you go. That's so. a that'd be that'd be nice. Yes, that it would, would be nice for sure. Um, I uh, I didn't feel good about like my my prediction for this one for betting Peter and and, and everybody was don't touch this game. I, I didn't I didn't like it at all. Um, I didn't like the, the over under cause you didn't know, you know, it was a big high scoring game last time and I don't trust the Broncos enough to predict a win. So, and, and the Raiders are there. So, so my prediction on that one was don't touch it. Force prediction. I was wrong. I, I yeah. said, uh, I, I said Broncos limit the big plays and get enough scoring to win. Um, but I hit the double on the Falcons. I said, take, uh, take the, the lines and the points and take the under. And the Falcons will win. So maybe that's a triple, actually. Yeah, if absolutely. You say, if you take the money line, the Falcons win, but don't cover and take the under. One, two, three. I hit the tri I hit the triple on the Falcons. Well, there you go. And Falcons picking 10 right now. Maybe the Broncos will hop above you. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we got Clint in the house. Good morning, fellas. Happy holidays. I'm at a loss for words this morning. Well, hopefully Scott and I are not, because otherwise this would be a really dull show. And uh, you guys don't be at a loss for words either, because then it would be dull, too, because we really do love to interact with the community here. 
JJ Johnson speaking to the community. Good morning. Peter's coming in with stars. I'm sure he says, uh, so glad I'm on holiday to forget that. God, I guess the, uh, the enjoyments have started for Peter over in Cambodia. I guess it's not that late there or not that early. Uh, what's going on with all those drops? Yeah, let's get into it. Scott, uh, general takeaways from the offense. Actually, let's get to this, uh, five, pa- five euros Euro. coming in here. I was like, oh, pound Euro from Richard, um, saying Mary Xmas y'all. What has to change next season to score more points and beat the and get beaten in the trenches every other week? Who needs to go home? Come in, stay. Man, Peter, we got all offseason to talk a myriad of this stuff. But uh, you're hoping that the Broncos can improve the trenches just in general across the board. You do have you're retaining essentially everybody there um, that's starting these last few weeks, and uh, which is hopefully you build on that and get better there. So, and then also add a quarterback. I mean, Drew Locke was not the reason the Broncos lost this game. I thought he played one of the best games I've seen from him. Um, there were some splash plays there. He put, gave the ball uh, guys chances on a few balls and he avoided the big mistake. He colored in the lines, so to speak, you know, you're not asking him to do anything crazy. It's like giving a little kid an assignment, you know, just color the ones and the twos and you'll be fine. And drew lock credit to him, man. He did it. He played a pretty good game. This, this team asked the quarterback, don't lose it for us. He didn't, he nope. did his job. He absolutely did his job. He didn't, he, he they said it was a, in the chat last night, I was like, it's a very, you know, it was a very Teddy-like line, uh, you know, with uh, 17 for 22, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, low yardage, low attempts, no turnovers, but you didn't get any, you didn't get any help. Um, and that's not actually true. The defense helps you a lot. You got three turnovers. So three turnovers. <laughs> it was, this is a game for me, if you can't beat the Raiders on a day like this, where they're going to give you the ball three times, you're going to hold them to 17 points, and you still lose. You're cleaning house. You're you are you're cleaning house. Uh, you know I, I'm not I'm like 95 percent on on Fangio, and I'm like 103 percent on Shermer. I think I think he's 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 gone. You listen to I put it up yesterday um, after after our pot the the clip of Fangio saying you know the offense didn't help the offense the offense the offense not our offense not our quarterback, not our line, the offense, the offense, the offense. he's distancing himself from it. That's a, that's a, that's a classic, you know, mentalist type watch that, you know, he knows that a change is going to be made there if nothing else. And, and, and uh, even if he's still around, he's going to have to make that change. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas to you, Richard. And uh, thank you for the comment from uh, Peter as well. We also have some more supers coming in um, from uh, superstars coming in from Miguel. Good morning, fellas. To me personally, Lloyd was missed bad. Uh, is Munch to blame for that horrible rushing performance or is Shermer? It's probably some of both. And I think it's some of the the Broncos thought that they could just show up and run the football in this game. And I think they didn't think that the even if the Raiders did a big scheme adjustment to load the box and send uh running blitzes to clog every gap that uh, they could still get it done. And they didn't. And, you know, credit to the Raiders for blitzing more than they've done. So all season, I think they were the lowest blitzing team in the NFL uh, coming into this week. They definitely broke that trend, trend uh, tendency. And uh, they Broncos just thought, Hey, if we show up, we've run the ball well all year, this will happen again. I do think that the loss of Cushionberry hurt a lot because my God, Schlotman was not very good at that center spot. I mean, just getting beat off the snap pretty regularly, um, which is not good for the middle of your offensive line for a team that runs wants to run inside zone. But uh, yeah, I think it was a lot of factors. And I think it was the Broncos also not trusting Drew Locke enough to unleash him, so to speak, uh, with the loaded box. Well, and, you know, it's not that he wasn't taking shots downfield. You know, yeah. he was still trying to soften it up in the back. It was, you know, he hit a couple, missed a couple, and a couple were dropped. You know, that happens. Um, 
<clears throat> going into the season, Lloyd Cushenberry said they drafted Quinn Miners because I didn't play very well. Uh, if they had played better, they wouldn't have drafted Quinn Miners. That's on me now. Lloyd Cushenberry has been okay. He's been he's been solid. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been bad. He's been a, a, a solid average, uh, a solid player. So if you take him out of the equation, you think who was drafted to be the backup was Quinn Miners uh, as a center position. So now I'm down to my third option is Schottman, and it looked like it. Uh, there was one play where uh, rushing left tackle and um, the, the the left the, the right end comes in and makes a tackle for loss. This is in the second half. I was like, well, was that on, you know, is that on Bowles? Did, did he have it? And I watch it and I'm like, no, Bowles kicked his guy out really nicely. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, is it on the running back? Because he didn't come, you know, cut it right up under his butt and, and, and turn it upfield. And I'm like, no, because that gap was filled by the guy that Schlottman was supposed to be blocking. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talk about cohesion and we talk about the, the synergy between all the different units. And when you're, when you're weak in the gut, you know, go back to the blood sport reference <laughs> when he's weak in the, when you're weak at right at the middle, it makes it tough. And, and Schlotman struggled. It really did. Yeah. They were resetting the line of scrimmage three yards deep, every single play. How many jump cuts did you see from, uh, from Jacobs and Barber? Because he had time, you know, there's yeah. one guy might get through, but then he would jump cut. I saw at least half a dozen of them. You yeah. jump cut as Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams, and you're jumping into the end because yeah. someone's pushing in your face. Now I'm jumping into one of the edge guys because they're three yards deep too. Yeah. So the the offensive line got whooped, got whooped all over the field on uh, uh, yesterday, and it was a it was a poor performance all around. Yeah, and uh, just to your point, Lloyd Cushenberry has been, I would say, slightly below average this season. If I like really had to think about it, I'd probably give him a C minus. But you're paying him second year rookie money, so I mean that's that's fine. And I'm I'd fine if they return Lloyd Cushenberry next year as the center. But uh, I think you would have seen Miners move to that center position. But I think Miners being the first time center. Uh, along with Drew Locke taking snaps, that's just too much new there. So the fact that no, there's a little there's... bit more. You have the chance to mess up three different positions with one move if you did yep. that. You know, all yep. of a sudden you got weaker at guard, you got weaker at center, and at quarterback. Now you've got it's it's almost like uh, the first week together. This is the first week in yep. camp. If you ever watch the first week in camp with a new center, new quarterback, rough. It takes them a day just to get the center the yep. center quarterback exchange, yep. let alone everything else. So I, I think it was the right move. It just didn't necessarily work. It probably if, if they hadn't if they had done it like we're like we're suggesting and it had been miners over there, it, it probably would have been worse. Yeah, I, I just I think the run blocking might have been slightly better, but the pass blocking would have struggled more than it did. So uh, it's always give and take, right? That's what you got to do. You got to find the best five. And unfortunately for the Broncos, it just did not work out, and they got just absolutely pummeled in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Shout out to the defensive line for getting those turnovers and uh, being in the position to take away that one that the Raiders gave away. Uh, but, you know, on especially in the run game, just beat up. It's uh, it's frustrating to watch that. Travis Tarbox coming in, supporting us. Thank you so much, Travis. Morning, fellas. Hope everyone had a good Christmas. I did have a good Christmas. Yesterday was hard to stomach. We need some major changes in the offseason. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, we definitely do need some major changes. Uh, also, Travis has two games in a row now. We haven't scored over 13 points. Not getting it done. Um, part of that is teams are playing the Broncos' style of offense against them. Uh, we're going to run the ball, drain the clock, and mostly uh, make sure make make it so that your offense has to beat us and uh, can't do it. So it's rough, but uh, there's going to be some changes in the off offseason on the offense. You do think that they do have some good building blocks there. Obviously, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and scheme are the most important things. But you have some weapons. You have some guys you can build on the offensive line. Um, 
hopefully you continue to build the offensive line, get the quarterback right and get the offensive coordinator. Right. But, uh, it's, it's gotta get better eventually. Right. Guys got six year in a row saying that's gotta get better on the offensive side of the ball. Eventually Chris Hernandez. Good morning. Another unfortunate loss that could have turned out differently. There's always next year. Oh, Chris, I hate there's always next year. I used to make fun of all the Cub fans that I grew up with saying, oh, wait till next year. Shut up, Cub fans. Sorry if you're a Cub fan, guys. <laughs> That's a, that was my bitter enemy See, growing we, up. We used to wear that shirt to opening day in the 80s as Braves fans, you know. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, there's, there. this is different though. This There is a lot to be hopeful for. I mean, the change, there's going to be change over this season, over this offseason that you likely won't see again in maybe our lifetime as, as crazy as that sounds. If you talk about ownership, coaching quarterback, the, you know, the, the, the holy triumvirate there of, of a, a complete cultural shift overhaul mm-hmm. for, uh, for the Denver Broncos. Yep. 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 Well, let's keep it rolling on these, uh, supers here. I see we got some coming in here from Ethan coming in with the dollars, not the pounds across the pond. Maybe Ethan, maybe he's back in Minnesota. Um, I'm sure Peyton won't do it, but if Fangio is fired today under new rules this year, they can interview coaches on other teams the last two weeks of the season. Ownership issues, I can understand making it difficult to do. Ownership's going to be a weird hurdle no matter what, given the timeline, because that doesn't sound like that's going to be solved until springtime, maybe even early summer. So that's going to be difficult regardless. Again, everything keeps that I hear, I'm hearing, everything keeps pointing to Dan Quinn. So maybe even firing Fangio earlier doesn't make any difference because Dan Quinn's probably not going to be interviewing and whatnot until the uh, the Cowboys are out. And man, the Cowboys looked good last night. Uh, I think the, I really don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's any team's game. The Packers have not really made me uh, a believer. I think, God, it's going to be frustrating. Maybe the Chiefs are just going to back it right into it and win another Super Bowl. That would really tick me off. Sorry to say that, guys. Um, but yeah, no, it's, that is a head up. Um, maybe they'll do that, but I, from what I've heard and what I'm feeling, I think they probably just keep Fangio to write out the season and then clean slate. And, you know, thank you, Fangio. Um, good luck. Yeah. It's 13 days. You know, I mean, you ask yourself what, what can it hurt, you know, to what, what, what are you going to hurt if he's still there? Um, I, I don't know. You know, you're 15 games in two more. Isn't really going to change that much. If you had done this after that four game losing streak. Okay. If you weren't going to do it after the four game losing streak that drops you to three and four, um, then he's got the season for the most part. Um, But yeah, with two weeks left, you know, I I guarantee you that Peyton has been on the phone with agents, has been talking with agents for weeks uh, about about, you know, hey, if this becomes it's kind of like the old scholarship thing. You're not allowed to offer a kid a scholarship until like he begins his senior season or something. You're like, hey, listen, Nick. We really like you. And when the time comes, you've got a scholarship waiting at the University of Georgia. Now, I didn't just offer you a scholarship, but you've got one, you know, so that's that's how that's how you, you get around that type of stuff. So they're having those conversations basically all year. You know, if we decide to make a change, we want to make sure that your your boy is going to be interested. Yeah. Um, so that that's been going on. That yeah. that goes on constantly. Uh, Moreno, uh, a new name, Moreno Silva. So evidently Moreno watches. uh after the fact. So we certainly appreciate you having some time to join us this morning. Like, let's see, we get a lot of international on and, and this because of our time slot. I'm like, wait, that's South. So that should still be Bronco for breakfast uh, yeah. for you, Marino. So it's a shout out to the best show on mile high huddle. Appreciate you. Cheers. Never got to see you live. Cause I'm working when it goes live, uh, but show some love now that I'm on vacation. Well, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever it is you, uh, you celebrate. And we appreciate the support and appreciate you being here today. Yeah, over down in Brazil. Is that a Brazilian 
real? Is that the currency? Anybody in the chat there? Like, what's the R? I think it's a real. I know Portuguese. That's it. I, <laughs> it's not Spanish. It's Portuguese down there. Yeah. You know, that's why I get when people say, you know, it's a, it's a hard J with in the, in the Portuguese, like Jose Mourinho. Yes, is, uh, yep. is from Portugal instead of that's one of the big differences. Yeah. Um, but, um, if there's any other supers, you can get to it. But I kind of want to talk a little Drew Lock because I feel like that's where the chat really wants to go. And I think we have a lot of positions. That here's we can a super get into. for uh, here's a super for Peter that can get right to it. Let's do it. Uh, name a position group that helped Lock yesterday. Wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, the offensive line all played poorly. I'm not his biggest fan, but he didn't get any help. He didn't get any help. Um, the offensive line was terrible. And the thing is, this is this looked like, I mean, if I had to close my eyes and, you know, just heard the game without any names, I'm like, oh, this is a Teddy Bridgewater game. Um, and when you don't have the run game and you are constantly, you know, third and long because you lost the battle on first and second down, here's your result. I mean, I think the Broncos went, two for 11 on third and fourth down combined in this game. And I, their average distance to go had to be third and eight plus because they were so bad on first and second down continually. And uh, here's the result. And I know definitely tongue in cheek uh, during the game being like, Oh man, Drew Locke threw it short of the sticks, but he was doing exactly what I, what I would have wanted him to do versus this Raiders team and all that could have been expected from him. So he had a good game. I think he earned himself another start. And that's partially because I don't want to see Teddy Bridgewater out there with the injury, but Locke didn't go out there and outright lose the game. And versus this Raiders team with how you've run the football this season, how your defense defense has been playing, that should have been enough. And it, because it wasn't, I lean on coaching and uh, the trenches being the yeah, main reason. Like you said, you said, uh, I, I look at a box score, I listen to the game. I think there's a Teddy Bridgewater game. So who, whose game is it then, Nick? Uh, it's Shermer. Definitely. Shermer. There you yep. go. Yep. Bang. It's, it, it sounds like a Shermer game. It sounds yep. like a Fangio game. Yep. Um, you know, the the infighting between Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater amongst the fans. Now, frankly, I haven't seen any of that manifest itself. And, you know, I, I, I read, you know, you try not to read too much into uh, into what people say publicly, but you can you can read body language. You can read into how people say things when they're talking. And, and there's none of that that goes on in between in the Broncos camp. Uh, Drew Locke speaks glowingly of Teddy Bridgewater uh, about how he's helped him become a better quarterback. This is this. I mean, he wants a job. Don't get me wrong. He's a competitor. But the infighting with Broncos fans, it's like right now we haven't seen enough of either of these guys to be a really good quarterback. But we have seen enough of this offense to know that it's going to be tough to be a really good quarterback in this offense. So we've got two games left. Can we put the Teddy Locke stuff just to bed? Yeah. Unless Teddy gets a giant contract, then let's flame it back up, you know, and, yeah. and then we can then I can say how stupid that is. But yeah. let's just put it to rest. We know what the big problem is, and we're, we're pretty sure it's not really going to matter unless you bring in a transcendent quarterback that can outplay this offensive scheme. Or unless you have a top five offensive line, which obviously the Broncos are pretty far from. Uh, right now. I mean, I, I think you could Jalen hurts yourself to a really good offense like the Eagles are doing if you have an offensive line as good as theirs. But uh, obviously, that's not the case. Um, Antonio Jones, y'all asked Locke to protect the ball. He delivered an amen. I have nothing but flowers for Drew Locke in this game. Was he good enough to uh, do away with all his previous performances as far as like, oh, well, now it's a clean slate and uh, Drew Locke's amazing and we're going with him as the starter in 2022. Absolutely I mean, we talk, not. We talk about which one of these running backs should have made the Pro Bowl. Or could have if they had been featured. Seven seven carries for twelve yards for Javante Williams. Seven carries for minus four yards for Melvin Gordon. They went fourteen carries for eight yards out of the running mm -hmm. back position. 
not not good enough. Not good enough. And, uh, and that's not on the running back position. It's just it's just not. We talk, you know, Nick likes to kind of half jokingly say that, you know, the running back position doesn't matter. Not when you're blocking like that. We just proved it. Yeah. You, you've got, you know, one of the best young running backs in the league who has 1.7 yards per carry. We uh yeah. we just we just proved that it doesn't matter at running back if you don't have the offensive line. Yeah, that's uh, very true. And Peter, I, I was including fourth down. I said third and fourth down. Broncos one for one on fourth down with a throw that I thought was okay. I felt like there was a perfect throw from Drew Lock. It was behind Sutton. It didn't look, you know, whatever, but he got it there. That's all that matters. Uh, but a good job by Drew to get that done. And he had, a, I mean, gosh, I'd give him a B on this game, which is fine. But one for 10 on third down and one for one equals two for 11 on the day on third and fourth down combined. Uh, Joe coming in here. Fire McMahon, <laughs> fire Sherber. Fire Fangio and fire any position coach that looks surprised that they're all canned. Broncos for breakfast on Mondays has been a better product than the Broncos on Sundays this year. Oh, <laughs> ah, the Broncos are now down below 500 again. Two more wins than last year, um, but still very frustrating. And uh, we're now playing for draft position again with the last two weeks. I said the beginning of the season, let's just get to some meaningful football games in December. And by God, the Broncos said, and no more than that. January <laughs> games next week, we're done. Um, but, we're going to uh, crush your Christmas dreams. Oh, my God. They're very, very grinchy for us. But, uh, Joe, thank you so much for the comment. Um, we have a lot to hang ourselves, uh, hang our hat on, though, for this Easy season. Now. It's not that bad. Yeah, it could be. It could be much worse. And we got a lot of good young players. So um we're gonna obviously this is disappointing coming off the, the raiders broncos haven't beaten the raiders in like 2000 or raiders on the road since 2015 so it's been like 2000 plus days which is insane for how poor the raiders have been but uh we're one of those poor teams too or we have been but i think the arrow is training up the broncos got the means to keep improving uh so thank you so much for the comment joe yeah big stars uh certainly appreciate that uh, for sure. I'm scrolling down because uh, Miguel was up next on Stars too, but we got Simon here. Uh, Simon says, hello, gents from uh, from Canada. Run defense is porous. Do you believe the Broncos will go to the draft early for a defensive lineman? Love the show. Um, early. Uh, I, I think, again, we, we talk about how the best draft is when you can match the best available player or players, if you've got a group in there, with a big need. Um, I think you need, I think you need to beef up the defensive front. I, I, I do. You've got some money poured into it. You've got two guys you, you really like, uh, you know, Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris had a pretty good game. Uh, would it get better if the edge was set better? Oh my That's God. Question that I like to ask too. Uh, would the, would the run defense get better if you were playing better on the edge with your outside linebackers? And, um, you know, we, once we get into positives, you know, I think you got something in your young linebackers. I think you've got something in Jonas Griffith. I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. Yeah. He is an exclusive rights free agent. At the end of the season, um, both him and Browning, I thought struggled in this game as far as in the box, both are obviously plus athletes. So it looks good when they chase and tackle, but actually taking on bodies and coming downhill was a struggle there um, and disengaging from blockers. So that's something both those guys will have to improve on. Um, but Jonas Griffith, as far as a, uh, Next year, I have him penciled in as a the sub linebacker because of the athleticism and how much he actually plays pretty good in the slot and coverage, uh, and he could earn more. Um, but right now, I need to see more from him in the box. But big one for me, you you nailed it. Um, the run, the nose tackle. I know that we all like Mike Purcell and the big personality, but he has been bad this season. I think the Broncos can save a uh, three point five million and only one million dead cap for moving on from him. You probably can find an equivalent for him for half the price on the market for what he's done this season. And then you hit it. Um, Broncos need help on the interior defensive line. 
Draymond Jones was not healthy. I mean, you could see him out there. He kind of favoring that foot, um, getting pushed off. He did not look like the same dude. I thought Shelby Harris was fine, but the big one is the edges, man. The edges are God, God awful in run defense. Uh, Bradley Chubb, I thought was up and down there. He did have that one play where the guy jump cut him, but Malik Reed is I'm, this is unfair because he's a person and I understand that, but like I, the word, one of the worst run setting or edge setting edge rushers I've seen in a long time. I mean, just he getting, needs to be a third down guy in your nickel. Oh, you know, he needs to be, he needs to be a pass rush specialist, even though he's not great at pass rushing. He's a, he's a 20 snap a game game relief type of player right now. Um, who's gotten so yeah so going back to you know originally what i was saying you asked me what did i think you would go early i said based on best available player in need i think the offensive tackle is probably going to fit those two parameters where you've got a really good offensive tackle available and i think you need a right tackle Mm -hmm. if it comes up where uh the best guy is an edge is on the defensive line including that those edge positions then yeah go that direction too because you can you can definitely there should be guys in those two positions available that fit the best player available and also fit a need yeah um i do want to say this is i don't know make of it as much as you will um but it is news and i'm just reporting news um probably the number one defensive lineman defensive tackle interior defensive lineman off the board in this upcoming class so but the one who was going to be uh demarvin leal five-star recruit went to texas a&m um six foot five 290 pounds pretty versatile player i think this last week he was arrested in college station for marijuana possession so i mean like oh la-di-da but like it's like come on man like you, it shows you know what, what it does up. is it shows like oh big deal but it shows a lack of judgment and when you're about to drop eight figures on a guy you'd like them to show better judgment yeah um because you know it's against the rules you know it's against the law and you've got so much on the line you've got to play that that's the the big deal not it's like oh he's smoking some weed you know that that's that's not it or has something that's not it it calls into question judgment when you've got all of this on the line to not be a dumbass yeah it's like those things you see on facebook they pop up it's like would you Stay in this cabin with no Wi-Fi for six months and earn a million dollars if you can do that. It's like, yeah, I'll make that trade off every time. And it's like, okay, buddy, just like don't have possession of illegal drugs. That I don't give a hoot if you partake, but um, for the next six months, and then you are going to be making, you know, eight plus figures. Um, mm-hmm. And he got caught with it, which is just like, yeah, you, get oh, an, you get an eight figure contract and, and he'll, he'll still get, you know. Yeah. Maybe they Warren Sapp him. You know, he drops down to twenties and goes. You know, Warren Sapp, Randy Moss. It, yeah. If it hurts you in the in the draft position a little bit, it doesn't change the player you are. Um, yeah. So, again, that's not overly concerning. Like I said, the concern yeah. is 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 judgment on that one. But yep. again, Simon, again, appreciate the the uh, the super. Um, I'm thinking defensive uh, trenches. Trenches, best available player in the trenches. That's where I want to go uh, in the first round. Yeah, I. <laughs> if there is a uh, defensive back that is the best player available, still I don't have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's because you're not drafting for 2022; you're drafting for 2022 and beyond. So, like, if Kyle Hamilton or Derek Stingley or Andrew Booth are the best player available there when you're picking, mm-hmm. God bless. I'm not overthinking it. Right. Um, but um, no, I don't know able- that they're gonna. I don't know that they're gonna make it to. to Andrew Booth might be there. You're yeah. not going to get a sniff of Stingley or, or Hamilton. Probably not. I've so there's still enough evaluation left in the uh, character stuff and whatnot that things could change, uh, especially with Stingley with how up and down his career has been and the injuries and stuff. But uh, we'll see. Um, 
cornerback is the valuable position. Miguel, uh, Miguel coming in here. Uh, I know that we are going to be a dead horse until this happens, but now that Seattle is out the playoffs, do you think the tipping point for Wilson? Uh, tipping point for Wilson. Some things coming out here in, uh, just recently that were like, huh, huh, interesting, huh, what's going on here? Um, the New York Giants. Apparently, they are going to keep Joe Judge and uh, run it back with Daniel Jones next year. Now, things could change, but that's coming out from NFL reporters right now. So that's a team that's out on the potential Wilson sweepstakes. Also, um, Watson being thrown back in because it sounds like the Texans are leaning heavily in starting Davis Mills next year. So that could have trickle down ramifications because that means the Texans aren't probably going to take a quarterback high. That means that Watson's going to be on the move. So there's two quarterbacks uh, available that other teams can get increasing the odds for Wilson to Denver. So I think there's more and more legs to this as we get closer. Um, Wilson scares me a little bit with how his play's been this season um, up and down. He's having a hard time hitting, running the quick game. He's having a hard time with the middle of the field. That's been the case for a while with Wilson and he's having a hard time throwing to the left. Is it the finger? Is it the scheme? I don't know. I, I would still take him, but uh, it's not like the Rogers conversation. A below average Russell Wilson's better than anybody you've had in years. You know, he still improves. He still improves the team immensely. Um, he also makes, you know, we talk about giving up. What are you going to give up to do it? Well, he mm -hmm. makes it so that you can get a first round caliber free agent for cheaper because guys mm -hmm. want to come in and play on this team. Uh, yeah. The recruiting factor that you get when you bring in a quarterback like him will help make up for the loss of draft capital. Um, Travis coming in a couple of times, so hopefully our Hawkeyes can take care of business in the Citrus Bowl, Nick, down, down in Orlando. That's a... Uh, my uh, my family's from Orlando and and sat on the Citrus Bowl board, so I got to go to that a couple times. Always a good time. And uh, he also says he comes in, and I'm not sure where it is, so I'm just gonna. Oh, here it is. Says uh, it's sad to see Shermer abandon the run altogether. That's supposed to be a strength of this team. What nothing was working, <laughs> you know. And that's what happens when you get whipped on the line. It's hard to run an offense. So yeah. there's some schemes that should have happened. It ran some play action. I didn't see a lot of screens. Uh, slants, you know, bubble wide receiver screens. Let's hit, let's hit Jerry Judy. How about, you know, and we talked about it last night a lot. How about actually handing the ball to Jerry Judy? One of those times you sent him in motion on the jet sweep, just to keep him honest, just, just like throwing it deep once, just yeah. put it in their minds that you yeah. actually are going to do it. Yeah. I think that jet sweep motion was something that Shermer thought would be really fun to do this season with KJ Hamler. And then KJ Hamler went down and Judy era and Shermer's looking at his playbook. Like, Oh, why shouldn't I keep these plays? Let's just use Judy on these. Um, and it obviously it did not work. I, you don't, you shouldn't just use motion to use motion. They never really did much off of it. The quarterback wasn't reading much off of it. I, I don't know. It was rough. Um, and the run game was bad. And like you said, it's tough when you're getting whipped that hard in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And what makes it even more frustrating is this is a Raiders team that's not super duper talented on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Their offensive line has struggled this season for the most part. Yeah, they were absolutely beating the crap out of the Broncos. Mason Crosby, line. Crosby, uh, Max Crosby, Max, Max Crosby, Mason Crosby must be a baseball player or something. He's a he's uh, a kicker for the Packers. Okay, Max Crosby. You, you made him. It wasn't even sure about who he was coming in. I don't watch a lot of the Raiders. Yeah, it made him look like JJ Watt out there. He, yeah. I mean, he was. He looked phenomenal and he may be really good, but, um, wow. He, uh, he, he, uh, destroyed, <laughs> he, he had his way with the right side of that offensive line. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, he did. And I thought Massey has been okay this season, but uh, this was a game where it just kind of all fell apart for everybody. I can't even think of a single guy on the offensive line that had a good game. I think that maybe Miners had an okay game. You know, that's um, a cup so of coffee, Nick. Happy holidays. <laughs> I, I got my so. Santa one. Well, I can't on. even get I can't even get my hand halfway around this thing. 
and I can palm a basketball talking about little hands. And, you know, <laughs> I got nine and a half hands and I can't get my, I only had one cup. I don't know why I'm so wired. <laughs> well, there you go. I need some more. Um, Ethan coming in with, uh, with the, the legalese, our, our, our legal consultant about rules and regulations. Uh, teams with head coaching vacancies as of 8 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, December 28th, can begin interviewing assistant coaches from other teams 12 days before the conclusion of the regular season. That's tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. It's happening. Um, and everybody pull for the, uh, the Dolphins to win tonight so the Broncos can uh, have the leg up there because the Dolphins, unfortunately, have the worst strength of schedule, meaning that the, uh, the Broncos would uh, pick behind them if the draft were happening. Um, the other thing here is uh, talking about the Broncos doing a uh, having a soft schedule this year. A uh, tweet from Andrew Mason: The Broncos' strength of victory this season, .357, which is the worst in the AFC and tied for the second worst in the NFL. Only Atlanta has a worst. I, saying, I know uh, who's got the worst. Only I know Atlanta. who's got the worst. But you know, seven wins. I've said it before. If you're you're until you're beating those teams, you are one of those teams. Yep. So yep. you've elevated yourself when you are in the dregs with the four and twelves. You've got to beat those teams in order to move yourself up to, well, you're not really any good. You're not beating anybody. Yeah, but we're pushing 500. That's a step in the right direction. That's progress. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Middleton saying, I can see three OLs being drafted this season. I do. I can too. If you hold on to all those picks, uh, I want to tackle into interior linemen you know, or two tackles in an interior lineman. But um, you've got to. You've got to start pushing up. I don't know what happens exactly with Graham Glasgow. What I do know is he's not coming back on that contract, which means he might want to just try free agency. Yeah. Um, so there's an opening there. Uh, miners could use some more depth, some depth behind miners, uh, another center type. You've And you've got to get a in free agency or the draft. You need to get a starting caliber right tackle. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, they need to walk out of this draft with one interior offensive lineman and one tackle. Uh, the issue is, Peter, um, unless you're hellbent on that guy being your first round pick and you're keeping that first round pick, banking on them to be a quality starter year one is a fool's errand. Uh, you know, most likely you're going to get a Lloyd Cushenberry rookie season-esque out of one of those interior offensive linemen. So I'm not against drafting those offensive linemen. We just need to have some perspective on those are developmental picks that are more likely to make a contribution for this team in 2020, 2024 than 2022, you know, two years after their rookie season. So uh, just, but it's always a good investment to add logs to the fire on the offensive and defensive line. Cause otherwise you have what you look like this week and uh, God quarterback play bad is tough to watch, but there is nothing more upsetting for me than just getting punched in the mouth and getting pushed back play after play. I mean, just well, it's, it's painful. because you know, it's, it's, you know, I was in, I was an IT manager in a former life. And, you know, you got to start with the most obvious thing. It's like if it's if the refrigerator is not plugged in, it's not going to work. I don't care what else is going on. You know, your offensive line is your your basis. When you're troubleshooting your offensive, your, your offense, that's where you got to start. Because if your offensive line isn't good, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So, you know, when we talk about, well, this quarterback's not very good or this wide receiver's not getting it, how do you know? You, you can't tell when the offensive line is a sieve. sieve. Yeah. Is a stringer. Just <sighs> let people been... ride on through. Um, and Travis, we could get into this one I'll, I'll, real quick, and I'll make a real quick comment and move on. So maybe I'm old school, but I'm not a huge fan of the college players opting out of the bowl games to get ready for the draft. Uh, these college players are exploited for Twitter-like fame and fortune, the same way Twitter exploits everybody else by making money off of your content. The NCAA has been doing that for 100 years. I've actually said that I... I'm surprised. And it happened last year when they given the slightest opportunity. I'm surprised we don't see more people sitting out an entire season 
a, a full season, especially the running backs. Yeah. Um, and getting ready for the draft and saving that wear and tear because uh, at that level, when you're a pro caliber level, you, the, the, you're not really gaining anything at that point. Mm -hmm. The college bowl games are as exploitive as possible. You're actually, they Mm -hmm. actually, where you get the bowl gifts, you're actually allowed to pay the players a little bit. It's supposed to be a reward. No, thanks. Uh, I don't want my reward. I want to go to work. Uh, This doesn't count on the standings. doesn't count on anything. It's a, it's a fun trip. I don't have time for a fun trip. I got to go to work. I got seven figures on the line. It's a glorified, glorified exhibition game for a lot of these bowl games. If you're not in the playoffs and I agree with you hundred percent, I do think that the, the NIL might change the game a little bit. You're talking about these running and that stands for name image likeness. These players can actually make some money now off of that. Um, and that might change the game for some of these guys opting out, uh, especially those running backs. Uh, Cause I can think of three running backs at the top yeah, of my head. Now I've got a, now I've got, I need to be on the field to get paid. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's exactly. kind of like I got really mediocre grades in college, but I wrote papers for people. <laughs> I wrote papers, 10 bucks a page. I got them all A's cause they were paying me. Yeah. Know. You know, working for a grade, it didn't didn't do anything for me, man. I want to I want to I want to earn. Yeah, I want to earn. Yeah, no, totally. Um, You're right there. Uh, Yeah, just a man, just such a frustrating game. And again, I want to emphasize we've been talking Teddy versus Drew. Um, This it looked like a Teddy Bridgewater game, which is fine. And maybe the Broncos would be different if they played Drew Lock all season. But I'm not here to argue the counterfactuals, you know, like. If, uh, if my aunt was born a man, it'd be my uncle, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like, I'm not here to whatever, here we are. This is the reality we're in. So, um, Broncos hopefully moving on from the quarterback. Do you agree with me though? Drew Locke should get definitely next week and the week after that as well. Maybe I, I Broncos- said it last week. I don't want to see Teddy again. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you were playing, if, if Teddy had been Aaron Rodgers esque and you were playing, you know, and you were nine and six and needed this win, needed these two wins to go to the playoffs, then, then, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but he hasn't been doing so much. Um, and I do, you know, I, you do play what if some, Nick. That's kind of what we do here. Yeah. Uh, as I was watching that game, I was thinking it would have been interesting to see Teddy uh, Drew get the chance to work out some of these kinks and earn some mm-hmm. of the trust in these first three ga- in those first three games uh, against a really poor competition. Um, and see if you would have had some that that would have been interesting might not have mattered um yeah. you know drew's got you know what 19 starts under his belt now it might not have mattered but it might have yeah. um, but again that's all with hindsight that's the benefit yeah. of hindsight you're going into this thinking um we got a chance to make a playoffs and as a head coach i've already decided i can't do that with this guy i yeah. can do it with this guy uh yeah. we were using car analogies last week you know and if, if i was driving across the uh driving across country i'd love that that 2012 camry to to take me i don't want this the the 68 supercharged camaro i want that one for the quarter mile well it's a sprint now there's there's two games left there were three games left it is a sprint now now i'm gonna go with the high upside volatile volatile person volatile quarterback i don't i don't want to see teddy bridgewater again i said that last week yeah uh sack mark coming in here saying if wilson or rogers can't play a line or catch their own passes then we are wasting their time I think that this game is very upsetting uh, in regards to how the Broncos lost and the fact that Drew didn't outright lose the game for them, gave them a chance to win, which is pretty much all anybody should have asked of him. And God bless him. He did just that. So, I mean, I give him an A for the assignment, B for the play, if that makes sense. Like you did your job. So here's an A. You're not, you didn't go above and beyond, which unfortunately would have been needed, even though shouldn't have been with this Raiders team, but alas, 
Um, but I don't think you should sack Marin, just people in general. Don't overrate the small sample size with recency bias versus the whole sample size. On the year, Broncos offensive line has been probably right around league average. And a lot of the advanced metrics point to that as much. You got whipped in this game, so it feels much worse right now. But on the year, I would say they are close to league average. Um, and here's a crazy stat. This Broncos offensive line, I would take them. The healthy version of this line is better than any of the single ones that Peyton Manning had while he was here in Denver. But that's that's what that's the that's the kicker, right? When you have a quarterback that good, it can cover up the offensive line deficiencies. So, um, he- heck yes, give me Wilson or Rogers to fix the offensive line because it's going to look that much better with that guy. And that's the thing we don't know, Nick, is you know, is the changing the plays at the line of scrimmage in order to get in and out of yeah looks yep. that you see. We don't know the difference between the two quarterbacks in those situations. Yep, that is. Is Drew making the right reads at the line of scrimmage? Is he allowed to? That's to me, that's the wild card in this whole thing. Yep. yep. Of you know, of play. Once the snap happens, we can see the difference in arm talent. Mm-hmm. We can see the difference in poise. We can see the difference in accuracy. We can see all that. What we cannot see is what we are all pretty much uh agreed upon is that Peyton Manning is one of the best ever pre-snap. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think that's a bold statement. And that's what we don't know. To me, that's the wild card when we're talking yep. about quarterback play, is what what are they capable of doing pre-snap? And I don't know. I don't know that. That would be a question I would love to have answered off the record. Yeah, same here. And you thank God for that point, too, because that's something where, like, oh, man, the off the run game really let Drew Locke down. Um, I mean, preseason, this was one of the big factors with Teddy Bridgewater. I think it was Tim Jenkins who talked about it, where it's like something you can't see. To your point is the, the run checks, getting into the right run read based on the look or opting out of the run read based on the pre-snap look. And some of that might be also coming back full circle. We don't know. But some of that could be also Pat Shermer handcuffing Drew Locke. Listen, like we don't, you got to execute the play yeah, after the snap. You're not allowed to change it. Yes, I don't trust you to change, which is yes. a problem too. Yes, and and we unfortunately it's stuff that we just don't know. But that pre-snap stuff with uh, from Teddy to Drew is something that could have completely changed th- how this game played out. And again, the center factor being different could have changed those looks mm-hmm. as well because you had a totally different center and Lloyd Cushenberry last year making the calls at the exactly. line of scrimmage also is the center. That's why you see Ivy Leaguers playing center, not left yep. tackle. 100%. So it's, again, the, don't take this as a, a fault of Drew Locke. It's just questions like, how how did it look this bad? What the bleep happened? Because the Broncos run game had been awesome for the most part down the stretch. And to finish with, I think the running backs had more carries than yards. I mean, what? Against this Raiders team, which, I you know, they have a solid defensive line, but their linebackers have been trash this season. The back seven, they're missing two guys in their back seven. Well, I think. And it wasn't even close. It was 14 no. carries for eight yards. It, terrible. Absolutely. I mean, God, remember the uh, when Melvin Gordon got more positive yards than uh, Javante? Granted, you know, this is a game. This is why I you come back to it. But this is why I say running backs don't matter hy- hyperbolically, but it's like running backs to an extent get what is blocked for no, them. Like, like, like I said, it, I always preface a phrase like that with, you know, you take this out of context and I'm going to sound like an idiot because mine of those statements is speed is overrated. <laughs> well, you know, there might be guys faster than Javante Williams, but the way Javante Williams can break a tackle, that to me is more important than a 10th on the 40. That, yeah. That's when I, when I, when I say like, if you take that out of context, I'm going to sound like a moron. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Javante Williams, I, I don't know how quick he is. Zero to 40. I don't care because he is big. Yeah. He is round and he is balanced like a weeble wobble and guys slide off him. Like he's coated in night in glycerin. He's yeah. just fun to watch. And Joe coming in again, with big stars, um, Man, Joe, looking forward you. to the update tonight because uh, we'll uh, with the the stars that have been rolling in today, uh, this morning should be closer to goal. And and Joe's been a big help with that too. And he says, I can't remember a Broncos game with ten less uh, running yards combined with two good running backs. I don't can't remember anybody. 
Uh, Javante Williams and Gordon should have been chewing out the O-line. Um, O-line, D-line in the draft after we throw most of our picks at Green Bay and Seattle. You have some second and third rounders. You can get interior linemen. You can get good interior linemen. And to that point, uh, Travis comes in with some stars. It's a little bit farther down here. Uh, you know, my guy. Um, I'm Everybody that has watched the show from the beginning knows how high I was on Spencer Brown. Um, mm-hmm. just, just, I, I compared him to LeBron James athletically, just with the, with the size and speed of combination of him. Um, I said, it sucks that we missed on Spencer Brown. He's starting for the bills. He's from my area in Iowa. Um, they were asking me on a Bills show, um, you know, will he be the starter? I'm like, I don't know enough about your roster. I don't, I do know that he's good enough to be a starting tackle, even left tackle, you know, forget right tackle. Uh, in this league and, and be a pro bowler before his career is done. Uh, and it wasn't just the Broncos that missed on him. Everybody missed on him. He went close to 100. So he should have been taken in the third round way before that, for sure. I can think of at least two teams that we're talking with right here that should have taken him. And I can, my understanding is that he was pretty high on the Broncos board. Um, and when the Broncos, first they had their eyes on Brady Christensen, who was the uh, tackle from BYU. Um, and he went one pick before the Broncos in the third round uh, to the Carolina Panthers. Broncos then say, oh, well, that was our guy. I guess we'll trade back. And they traded back near Ian Spencer Brown. And uh, he went one or two picks before the Broncos picked uh, with the third round. Uh, and they ended up taking Quinn Miners. So, I mean, I'm happy to have Quinn Miners. I probably would rather have Spencer Brown because the tackle positional value. But uh, you, because you didn't get Brady Christensen, you ended up getting Quinn Miners and Baron Browning. You're back on the drawing board for tackle, but you got good players. So I'm not going to I'm not going to be upset about it. It's like being upset oh. that you have Patrick Sertan. The Falcons took Jalen Mayfield at the top of the third and Spencer Brown went at the bottom of the third. I'll tell you a hundred times out of a hundred, which one of those I would have rather had. And I could have told you that in February. Yeah, no, that one is upsetting as well. We got Shane coming in saying morning. I was pleasantly surprised by the D line play yesterday. Drew Locke. Oh, there we go. That's, that's a confusing. I was about to be like, no, I read it. I read it. I read it in advance. So I I was, I, I should have, I should have read that one first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess they did. We're the reason for three of the turnovers, but um, how about that interception by Bradley Chubb, man? I thought he, I'm not ready to bury Bradley Chubb. He hasn't been good enough just yet. And by God means, if they want to trade him What's for a Shane's just because you messed up the read. I was Fair. pleasantly surprised by drew lock play yesterday. Nearly all of his incompletions were drops. He made smart throws and good reads. The Raiders exposed our weaknesses in the trenches. Can't wait for black Monday. This team needs a culture change. It does. It, mm-hmm. it does. There's going to be, there's going to be a culture change across the board from ownership to head coaching, to assistant coaches, and then uh, more than likely a new starting quarterback next year. And I thought Drew Locke played fine. He was he he did his job. And if everybody does their job in that game, you come away with a win. Uh, the one question I have is, and we, we mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago, Shane, you probably got on because we're a couple minutes behind on getting to this, is is the pre-snap checks. That That's where I want to know, uh, you know, how does he grade there and – we might not ever know because the people grading him um, that do know they're biased. We've already yeah. pretty much decided that they don't particularly like Drew Locke or want him as their quarterback. Yeah. Um, we'd have to know somebody. We, we'd have to have an inside source on the team to to know uh, how well he does that because there were some times where you know you're running dead into an eight man front, you're running into a run blitz, um, that type of stuff, and and part of that comes with experience. But that's the the one wild card. That I that I don't know on if I'm checking his grades on an incomplete is how did he do pre-snap? Otherwise, he was he was fine. He did his job. We talk about a zillion times. The quarterback is asked not to lose this game. He didn't. He didn't. 
but the uh, the rest of the offense didn't go out and win it either. Yeah, he understood the assignment. No doubt about that. Um, thank you so much, Shane, for the support. Um, do we have any more super chats coming down here? Cause I did want to get back into this conversation with the uh, sack Cause I think it's an interesting one. Um, there's some conversation going on here about how the Broncos need to, here we go, Joe and some agreements here um, saying fix everything else before you find the quarterback. I don't, you need to, if you have the ability to jump for a quarterback, you jump. And I don't think you, if there's never such a thing as a perfect roster, uh, but you cannot be sitting there and being like, okay, I need to wait until this exact perfect opportunity before I jump. You're going to see opportunities pass you by and you're still going to be stuck. And the roster that you thought was perfect is going to start to fall apart. That's the NFL. That's the salary cap. It's a league that artificially creates disparities and you're never going to have a perfect across the board. So I don't, don't let an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson pass you by um, because you don't have the number one offensive line in football. There can only be one team that has a number one offensive line in football every single season. So uh, when you have a good enough quarterback, it raises all ships. So, and then you have multiple seasons to try to get the rest right around them. So this team, for the most part, especially with all the draft capital they have and cap space, overall pretty young, um, is in a position where they are really in ascending spot. And if they plug in that quarterback, hallelujah, go get it. Um, that'd be great. Um, but fixing every single thing before the quarterback is is a hard ask. You don't want to let those opportunities pass you by if you can get that position right. So I've read all the Jack Reacher books. Uh, he was a, an old military yeah. cop who who's kind of just a a vigilante now. And they're, they're easy read. You can read them in a day. Yeah. Amazon Prime's actually coming out with a new Reacher series. But he, being in the Army, he says... Uh, you eat when you can eat and you sleep when you can sleep. Those are the rules. I feel the same way about the quarterback position. If you can get your quarterback, you do it. You, you, you take them. They're not easy to find. They're not easy to find the right guy. And if the right guy is available, you go get him. You don't pass on. It's like, well, uh, I don't want to take the quarterback right now because my right tackle position doesn't look right. And we'd, we'd get him killed. Mm -mm. We'll, we'll go get the right tackle when we can. Uh, if, if the right quarterback, if you feel the right quarterback is available in this draft, if you feel that the right price is available for a free agent, if you feel the right trade is available via draft capital and or cash and or players, you do it. Get your quarterback when you can because they're not easy to find at, at all. Yeah, 100%. And uh, you still want to keep adding logs to the fire on the defensive and offensive line and get better there. But uh, you have a window right now. It kind of really, it's not exactly a one for one, but again, the op, the, the one that makes a lot of sense is uh, the Jameis Winston led Buccaneers. And then you take him off. And that team did not have a great, actually they had a terrible secondary um, under Todd Bowles. Uh, their offensive line was erratic and they had no running backs. Tom Brady goes there and they get hot down the stretch and they win a Super Bowl. Uh, when you have a quarterback, that's the point of the quarterback. They raise all ships. So uh, that's what you want. Joe coming back in. I think this is yeah, Joe's Joe, this is at least one. the third time coming in. So you're definitely yeah. our Facebook, uh, one of our Facebook superstars. But if, if I was showing the list, you'd be, you'd be sitting at number one. I'm positive right now. Uh, if you get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you have to trade away half your draft picks. Then the Lewis Vasquez and Demarcus Ware's of the NFL will come to bolster our line. Uh, yeah, I agree. You, when you when you've got a chance to play with a, a superstar quarterback, make deep runs into the playoffs, then all of a sudden the you get discounts on free agents, yep. um, and you get them for one year. Uh, you know the who's been who has been the best in the last ten years of getting established vets to come in on one year deals and win Super Bowls. Patriots, the New England Patriots. Uh, that's not a bad model to 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 try and follow if you've got the quarterback position sewn up. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And guys want to come in and play. Then that's the uh, that's the effect. You're seeing that with like guys going to 
the Patriot are the uh, not the Patriots, the uh, Buccaneers right now going in there and, and it does take eleven to make it work, Joe. But still, and uh, system first and quarterback. You guys are talking about the Colts here. You know, I talk about a system. Frank Reich, who I was screaming for that coaching cycle when the Broncos brought in. Uh, maybe it was Vance Joseph. Maybe they kept Vance Joseph one more year. I loved Frank Reich with those Eagles teams, and uh, he's doing pretty good there. But the Colts drafted Kelly Nelson Smith, Eric Fisher, and then got Jonathan Taylor. Um, you're talking about a team where the Colts look really good, but they've had a lot of health on the defensive side of the ball this season. They have extraordinary coaches and uh, there's at some point where no, I think there's no doubt about it. There's some point when Carson Wentz is going to go half out there and have to win a game. Cause eventually it does fall on the shoulders of the quarterback. Well, and I don't have faith. That there's do more that. than one way to skin a cat. You yeah, know, for sure. Without yeah. a doubt, you know, otherwise, you know, Trent Dilfer wouldn't have a Super Bowl ring. We we get that. We get that. I'm just saying, if you've got, if you feel like the right guy is available for you and you don't have a quarterback, it's the most important position on the field. You know, yeah. don't, don't pass on him. Go, go, go get him. Um, if, you know, if, if it's like, I really like Carson strong and we're drafting at 15. Okay. You can use a quarterback. Yep. Take, absolutely. Take him. Mark from Georgia. We got a pretty good Georgia contingent in, uh, in, in his Broncos country here says, what's up, Scott, Nick, how y'all been? We've been good. Best play of the game was Chubb's interception. I think everybody was happy for multiple reasons for, for Chubb one, cause he's, he's suffered through some injuries and two, you know, if Chubb gets going, it's it's a game changer on defense. So is yeah. this is this what gets him going? I I thought the Broncos were going to run away with it after after they punch in that touchdown. I'm like, okay, they're going to halftime. Raiders are going to be ready to fold, and the Broncos are just going to come out and run all over them. It went the exact opposite of that. Uh, Raiders went in and challenged the manhood of their offensive line, and they ran it right down your throats to open up the second half. Yep. I totally agree. And fundamental coming in uh, again. Thank you so much, Mark from Georgia saying, uh, talking about the teams agreed, just saying the Broncos should copy that concept. If you don't have the quarterback Broncos need to look, I think Peyton needs to look long and hard at the following teams, Eagles, Patriots, uh, Colts. Those are the three teams that do not have elite quarterback play right now. Um, no way. I mean, just they don't. But those teams are manufacturing offense still because what do they have? Elite offensive lines. So I think, Maybe this is just kind of rudimentary concept that I'm coming up with right now, talking about concepts, but like you need, there's three units on the offense. You have the quarterback, offensive line, playmakers. Two of the three need to be top 10 if you're going to have a good enough offense. And it's really hard year to year to have the, because it's just one player for the quarterback. It's really hard year to year to have a top 10 offensive line and playmakers year after year after year. So you have to, you know, have everything aligned and go for it and win when you do have those things. Um, but uh Right now, the Broncos don't. So if they can't get the quarterback, I really do hope that they invest in the offensive line, invest in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and try to create an offense that is as quarterback independent as the likes of the Eagles, Colts, and Patriots have been this season. Yeah, and Malcolm comes in saying this, and it's a good question. Um, is Griffith as good as a stats at, at inside linebacker? Um, I watched the condensed version of the game, which is a broadcast version of the game, and I watch it in you know 35 or 40 minutes. So I haven't studied the game. I just know his flash plays were there. Yeah. Um, when you come in and you see a guy making a tackle for a loss or you see speed, you see size, speed, and productivity. I'm happy with a rookie. Are you kidding me? It was his first year. Yeah. I, I think you've got something there. Um, you know, it's not like he's an undersized player who's overachieving. This is a guy who's got all the physical. Tools. Hey, are we, are we talking about quarterback again? Um, he's got all the physical tools in the world. He went out and showed the production. Now can you teach him the defense and teach him to play assignment football? That all comes with experience. Uh, he's been, what, two games now he's been in? So I, I think I think he got something. We talk about linebackers, you know, Griffith and Browning, two rookies out there doing a pretty darn good job 
Um, I, I think you got not just guys there. I think you got plus guys there. You got them for nothing, for nothing. Yeah. You know, an undrafted free agent, right? Wasn't Griffith an undrafted free agent? Yes, he was. Yep. Yeah, Indiana, then, Indiana State, same school late. as uh, Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah, and then he was then he was late. So, uh, very very nice job. And you know, you know, miss on a guy, miss on a guy that's six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds playing inside linebacker. Yep, absolutely. I need to see more from Griffith as far as a true base player in the in the box. I thought there was enough plays there where he's getting washed away, where I just don't think he he processes the blocks in front of him as well as you want, as well as the ability to take on and uh, shed blockers as well. But this is, you're talking about a guy who's just coming together with the tools that he has. So I'm still of the opinion that if I can pay Josie Duell two years, $10 million, with that second year pretty much not guaranteed to bring him back and have him as the starter with Browning next year, I do that just for some stability. And because we know Josie is that good in uh, base packages. Also, they just, they're raving about Josie as far as the leadership and like coaching yeah, these guys. The, up. the mentoring of the young linebackers. would be great to have yes. him back for that. I agree. But um, I, and then Griffith coming in as a, a super sub kind of player where you're going to a, a, a more of a dime look and you want a little bit more height, weight, speed from the linebacking position. But uh, I think he's an exclusive rights free agent at the end of the season. So you're going to pick him up. Uh, no doubt about that. He's not otherwise his options are play for the Broncos again next year. If they pick up the option or retire from football, because uh, you know, some of those tenders are not very uh, player friendly. Uh, I digress though, but uh, we got DWI guys coming in again, supporting us. Thank you so much, Ethan. Happy holidays to you. We are not getting Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson with the current coaching staff. Well, good news for you is I think uh, that variable is going to change here pretty soon. Um, two more weeks, probably Vic Fangio, and then we're going to see it move. I hope that uh, if what I'm hearing is true about you know the interest in Dan Quinn, which you know God knows because George Payton has played everything so close to the vest so far, it could just be one person talking out his butt. Um, but <laughs> if uh, if all the Dan Quinn stuff is true, Broncos are going to have to be a little bit of patient um, because the Cowboys might make a playoff run, and I don't know if Quinn's going to interview until they're out of the playoffs. But uh, it does seem like it's a Dan Quinn uh, leader of the pack right now. Um. Uh- Dan Quinn, I saw him trending on uh, on my Twitter feed, which, you know, I've got the Atlanta ties here. So, you know, it, it feeds everybody different news. But I saw him trending. I clicked on it. And I'm so happy for him that he's just getting it, it was all universally positive because uh, he's just a wonderful person, um, you know, and being that I am much more proficient at, uh, at, at talent and player evaluation than I am mm-hmm. coaching. As far as the X's and O's and the schemes, I have always been more about the player personnel side of this in the NFL, uh, the recruiting. So, you know, I lay 90% of the Falcons problems at the feet of Thomas Dimitrov, the, the former general manager, and probably 95% of them now. Was Dan Quinn perfect? No, he wasn't. But the guys went out there and played their asses off for him. Um, and you know, for me in, in his, his tenure there, the biggest mistake he made was, was bringing in an offensive coordinator that had never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL and Steve Sarkeesian and handed him the keys to a number one offense. That was his biggest mistake, but you could do a whole lot worse than Dan Quinn at, at, uh, at head coach. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Some other names that are worth mentioning right now, some guys that I really think are of interest to the Broncos and maybe one that would make you get, uh, a linkage to Rogers. If that kind of falls apart there, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator for the green Bay Packers right now. And I absolutely 
love what LaFleur is doing with that wide zone spread. Um, and then it giving Rodgers like a backside read as well, because not many guys have the, the ability to process the full field and hit that uh, across the field throw that Rodgers does. But man, that offense is humming. The buy-in that they've gotten from Rodgers as well, I think has been key. So Nathaniel Hackett is one to keep an eye on. Um, I really like Todd Bowles uh, getting a second chance. Um, the guys love him over in Tampa and the fact that he's got to work with Arians and Tom Brady on one uh, on that side of the field kind of a championship, understand what's going on, what it takes. And also it's New York. The New York jets are such trash heap that I'm not even going to hold that against him there. <laughs> um, I think that uh, a former guy who's worked with the Broncos, who was actually then hired to be the head coach of the Raiders, who has been impressive as hell this season, uh, Dennis Allen, who I'm sure that Scott knows would be very happy to see him leave the saints. I've been so impressed with what they're doing. I think he's going to get another shot as well. Um, that's the name to keep an eye on. Uh, some other ones that maybe get some uh, looks is Leslie Flazier from the Bills is a guy. And then, of course, coming back to Dan Quinn. So, unfortunately, it's a lot of defensive minds, but that kind of seems what is going to be the uh, the names uh, this cycle. It's a lot of defensive guys. I don't care either way um, because I want my head coach to be more of a CEO than a micromanager on one side of the ball. Um, so defense offense, I don't care. Are they a leader of men and do they put their guys in position to be successful and have an eye for coaching talent that matters more to me, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. And, uh, I, I agree. We, we talked the, the one that's interesting to me is you get the guys that call their own plays at head coach. You wonder if, you know, I haven't seen too many people do it on defense. I don't remember uh, that happened with anybody other than Vic. I'm sure it has. Yeah. Uh, but normally it's the offensive guys that do that. Um, and the, the, the good thing there is if you've got a good offensive coordinator, if you bring in a defensive coach, you got a good offensive coordinator, you can only keep him for one year because good yeah. offensive coordinators become head coaches quickly. So if you're scheme proof uh, and you knock out the variance in there by having an offensive guy on uh, as, as your head coach, I think that helps. Um, that's the only bias I have for you go offensive guy or defensive guy. Um, I think it's easier to get it's, it almost seems like defensive coordinators are, for the most part, defensive coordinators for life, um, where a, a, a good offensive coordinator is going to be a head coach somewhere. Um, and then if he's good, you're only going to get him for a year. And if he's not, then you're only going to have him for a year anyway. So there's more variance at offensive coordinator position when you have a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, yeah. Seth coming in. Uh, appreciate the super, Seth, for sure. Uh, I want to see more out of Sutton. He doesn't play like a number one wide receiver. Um, people, I don't say forget. I, I just think you people underestimate how hard it is to come back from that knee injury. It's a, it's an 18 month injury. When I've said that at the beginning of the season for a quick twitch skill player, it's 18 months for you to come back full, full strength. And then when you're kind of team turmoil, like you've been for a lot of the season, it makes it even harder to come back and play. And when your quarterbacks aren't getting you the ball, it makes it even harder to come back. Uh, Cortland Sutton was signed to a long-term contract extension. So I still think you're going to see the best out of Cortland Sutton. It just wasn't this year. And it might not have ever was ever going to be this year based on him coming back from that injury. Yeah. And that's another one too. Uh, talking about Sutton um, needing to get more targets, talking about Jerry Judy needing to get more targets. Both these guys have been coming off injury. Uh, Jerry Judy had that high ankle sprain week one, which I know we're really far away from that, but really uh, talking with people in the, uh, the sports sciences, um, more the human, you know, anatomy kind of stuff or the physiology is that the high ankle sprain only gets better when you are off of it. You know, there's, we really just have to point blank rest it. And they you're weren't almost, do that with you're almost better breaking those at six weeks, yep. a, a nice clean broken bone is six weeks and you're a hundred percent. Yep, exactly. So both those guys, Sutton and Judy, I'm expecting to take steps forward next year uh, in the health department. And therefore then in the splash play and the efficient, efficient, ugh, the efficiency department, 
That being said, though, these guys, you know, people, why aren't these guys getting more targets? How about they do better with their targets? You having catchable balls on the field this game and all season, um, last week too with uh, Sutton, with uh, Teddy out there, and not getting it done, dropping your opportunities. Now there's mental parts coming back from the game, but like, you know, you're you're getting paid all this money. You are a first round draft pick, and uh, you if you want to point fingers anywhere, point it at yourself because you did have opportunities and you they literally slipped through your fingers. So uh, I don't, I'm not gonna you know, make excuses for them. You got to make those plays. They, they can yeah, be better, they but when they're there, better. you got to make it yeah. play better for sure. I just, I don't think we were going to see the best of Cortland Sutton this year. Um, no, I agree. And I, I, I still have hope that we will see the 2019 version of Cortland Sutton. And that's why you paid him. That's why his, his contract, his money kicks in next season. That's why it kicks in next season. Uh, David Wilder coming in with some stars. Um, and saying the reason to fire Fangio now is because we need to start interviewing for our head coach ASAP, our new head coach ASAP. Um, I'm not sure you have to. You have to be coachless now. They're not going to talk about it. They're not going, you're not going to say, you know, let's say you bring in Byron Leftwich and you do a Zoom call with him. His answer on comment will be, I'm I'm offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Isn't that the right guy? <laughs> uh, it's just, they've got a head coach. It's disrespectful. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to focus on our next game. That's all you're going to hear publicly until the end of the season. doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much, David, for the comment. Um, it's a uh, it's a frustrating loss, no doubt. But uh, thank you guys. We can talk through that. And uh, Scott, before we get on out of here. I got, um, I got was, one more. Ruben, I don't recognize this name. So Ruben, welcome to the show. Um, coming in with some coming in with some stars, too. He says, it's an embarrassing loss. I'd rather be thrown all over than to lose that way. Yeah, they don't like to be – you don't like to have your manhood challenged. You know, when it comes to having them just run up the gut on you and, you know, you look soft, you look yeah. soft. Uh, the way they challenged up front yesterday, challenged our lines manhood. There you go. I hadn't even read that yet. And they just folded on both sides. That was just yeah. sad. Seems like Jacob's come back to prove something and he did making our guys look silly. Just embarrassing. Yeah, no, it is embarrassing. I And you talk about throwing it all over the Broncos threw the ball almost uh three to two um in this last game with the 22 pass attempts versus uh 16 rush attempts so they did throw it around somewhat the no, issue is that you would rather have Derek Carr go for 400 yards and four touchdowns and oh, have him okay. just beat you up in the trenches yeah well that takes away the point I was gonna make here where uh, the reason <laughs> the Broncos were gonna they you didn't feel like the opportunities were there is because the Broncos defense was absolutely pummeled and the game the clock went Quickly clock clock was your enemy and the Raiders used that. And they just grinded the game out of you. I mean, the Broncos, the play disparity here, this is probably the worst play disparity you've seen from the Broncos all season. Cause they've actually been his, this season good at plays compared to their opponent. But the Broncos in this one for offensive snaps, 67 to 40, 67 to 40 is what a terrible 40 offensive snaps, 40 offensive plays from the offense that, and that's a, that's a defense issue. Um, that's yeah. the defense getting Beat the bleep up. Well, and that's also a conversion issue. What we it's want in a conversion you know, issue. Yep. Yeah. When you don't convert on third down and you get run on, you're not going to have the ball very much. 100%. 100%. Uh, Joe coming back in. Great show, guys. Go Broncos. Joe, hope we see you around again. Happy holidays to you. And uh, thank you so much for supporting us today. Um, before we get, I know we're already running late, but uh, I really hate to leave on such negativity. So, Scott, um, po any positives from this game, either this game specifically or the Broncos going forward? Because God bless it. We're going to, we're going to have a holly jolly Christmas, a uh, best one since, uh, what is it? Bing Crosby dance or tap dance with Danny F and K. You, uh, you, you still have a championship caliber defense out there. Um, you know, yes, you couldn't get them off the field at the end, 
when uh, when you needed to, them to come up with a play, it, it shouldn't have come to that. You you hold a team to 17 points and get, and, and get three turnovers. You did your job. You yeah. you did your job. You're not pitching shutouts at this level. Um, they're going to go out and they're going to have a, put a couple drives together. There's going to be a blown tackle. There's going to be some big plays. They're going to get their points. You hold them to 17, get three turnovers. You got to win this game. This one falls 100% at the offense. And despite the fact that Vic Fangio does not like to talk about the offense, it falls at the job at the head coach to make sure the offense is going well. That's your job as the head coach. So championship caliber de- uh, offense, uh, defense, your skill position players still look very good on offense, despite the fact that they didn't get to show it because of the offensive line. So up the offensive line, solidify the quarterback position, new coaches coming in. Let's make a run of the playoffs next year. Yeah. A really good rookie class building on a new season or their first season, uh, five draft picks in the top 100 either giving you a chance to continue to invest in this offense or go out and get a quarterback and improve upon this position. And uh, I think top five or seven in cap space as well with some movable contracts in Mike Purcell and, uh, Graham Glasgow. So, uh, I got a you good young team. I got a lot of money and I got a lot of draft picks. It's going to be a fun off season. Yep, exactly. So thank you guys so much. Just because the Broncos season is all but over. doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. Mile high huddle is just getting started, man. You, you guys know that we love the team building and all the philosophical talk about team building and the player evaluation. So make sure you're coming back. We'll be back tomorrow. You guys give me a break tomorrow because I am flying into Seattle. Going to get there at like 12 PM. And uh, that means I'm going to get like four hours of sleep after traveling across the country. So Give me a break, but I'm going to, I'm going to be there tomorrow. I'm just going to be a little tired. Maybe Scott's going to have to lean on that one, or I'll just have to get a coffee drip going, but thank you guys so much for joining us today. You carry me most of the time anyway. So it's my turn. Oh man. Um, we'll see. I'm a little apprehensive about the travel, but that's okay. There's just so much snow in Seattle. The person that was going to pick us up canceled because I five is snowed over, which is insane, but uh, we'll figure it out. You guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at huddle up pod, as well as at mile high huddle. Uh, please make sure you check out our gear. Scott's wearing the beanie just came in at huddleuppod.com. Get your gear. He's got the Broncos for breakfast beanie. We got the coffee mugs. We got hats. We got shirts. We got gators. Just check it out. I know you guys maybe got some, some cash from grandma for the holidays. Maybe check out huddleuppod.com. If you got a little bit in your pocket there, uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high little pod. Uh, join those communities there. You want to scream about the quarterback battle? Go take that there. Uh, if you want to scream about the uh, head coaching stuff, you know you can bring that one to me. Um, I'm going to have fun with that one, and uh, hopefully we'll all be uh, excited about the prospects of a new head coaching candidate because apparently there's a chance that Mike Vic Fangio comes back. I can't see it after the, these last two losses, but who knows? Um, also, make sure you guys are following us on YouTube. Uh, oh, it's freezing on me. There we go. Subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. Um, Scott, am I freezing as we get on out of here? <laughs> I can still hear you okay, so go ahead and, okay. and, and finish this off. Okay, and uh, for some reason in the banners, I do not see Scott's uh, YouTube channel. So, Scott, okay. if you want I just dropped it in there, and uh, right now, the Falcons, we, we talk Wednesdays on my channel, we talk Atlanta Falcons and draft, and right now, the Broncos and Falcons are right next to each other. So we'll talk a lot of both teams on Wednesday. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, guys, uh, we appreciate you. Um, obviously, it's frustrating to lose to the Raiders again with the season falling up falling out of our fingertips again, but a lot of good things going forward and we're going to be here. Sun up, sun down, doesn't matter. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. A lot of things to talk about going forward and a lot of things to be excited and optimistic about because why not? You know, if you want to be a curmudgeon, sometimes we'll feel that too. Today's a day to be a curmudgeon on a loser Monday, not a victory Monday, but a loser Monday, but you know, uh, we'll take it as we go. 
So I appreciate you guys so much. Hope you all had a good holidays. Um, wish me luck with my traveling across the country with my, my cat and my wife today. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>